This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 8th, 2023. The Resistance Connection. Good morning, CCC. This is just a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. What a special blessing. Thank you so much. But what a day he's given us. Is he outside recently? It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. Glorious day. So uh, it's good to be together. Our series, The Resistance. And, and we're talking about resisting God and God's plan. Last week, we talked about complacency, spiritual complacency, thinking, I got it together. Uh, I, I'm okay. I, I, I don't need to put any more of myself into that relationship. As we said last week, resistance has many faces, and today we're going to see another one of those faces. And we're looking at the face of connection or the lack thereof. So we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we humbly submit to you this message. Thank you for everybody here, those who are online. Lord, we do pause and our hearts are heavy for what's going on in the Middle East, for Israel. God, we're just, um, we need to pray, pray, pray. For peace in our land. Your will was that the lion would lay down with the lamb. And so, Lord, help us um, help us pray for our brothers and sisters. God, today is a day of celebration for our church. Um, but let us not forget what's going on around us. We thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so it was late in the year 2000. And Alan and I were at a conference and we were focused on, the conference was focused on creative worship. And it was taking place in North Carolina. There were a lot of other church planters there. Alan and I at the time were pastors down in Sussex County in separate churches. And so we were at this conference and a divine spark had already entered us that we were called to uproot and start a church, to plant a church. And that was a surprise, but what was a shock was that somewhere in airspace between North Carolina and Philadelphia, the Holy Spirit asked us to do it together. Mm. It's like, Say what? Hello. Hello. But anyway, a couple of days later, we went to our district superintendent, who was like our boss, and shared with him the vision that we wanted to leave our churches, move our family, and plant a church here in Middletown, Delaware. So after we had that meeting, which was kind of a nerve-wracking meeting, we went, we were down south, we were in Sussex County, and we went to the beach, to Rehoboth, and went to Victoria's, you know, um, you know that really pretty pink place. And we it was splurged in on that lunch. Yeah, it was in January, and we were sitting there, and it's like, okay, so we've just sort of laid ourselves out. What is the name of this church? Hmm. Well, we had met somebody, uh, a pastor in Texas, and they had a church called Faith Bridge, 
and they had something called connection groups. Now remember, this is over 20 years ago. So we sat at lunch together, and that word connection just kept coming through our heads, not by accident, but it's like connected, connecting, you know, connect, 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 connection, 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 that's it. Connection Community Church. There were no teams and no committees that decided on the name of this church. It was the Holy Spirit that said, it's Connection Church. And so that's who we are. We just started calling ourselves Connection Church. And then we birthed a couple months later. So I just want to say to all of you, we need to make something very clear. Our name is Connection. No S. Just one. Just one. Some people like to say, oh, you're Connections. Oh, no, we're not. We are Connection No S. Just say, you know, say connection. connection. Say no S. no S. There you go. Maybe that's why we ought to start calling ourselves Connection No S. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be distinct. Because see, go. when we started church, there weren't any other connection churches. We looked on the internet. We couldn't find one in the country. Right? Right. Not one in the country. Now, I know there's one down in Laurel, I think, and there's, they're all over they're the place. They're all over but, the place. But we were... Now, there may have been lots of connections, but we were the only connection that was going at that time. Okay, connections. I'm sorry, connection. It's, it's more than just the name of a church. Uh, it's what we're called to do, connect. It's what we're called to be, connected. It's the way we are to live our lives in connection at home, at work, here at church, wherever. This month, our preaching is focused on how we resist God. And one of those ways is by not being in connection with Him and with one another. So let's start with connecting with God. Now, that's on us. God wants to connect with us. In fact, God pursues us, woos us relentlessly. God never gives up on us. But we put up these walls and we say, no, no, no. But God never stops. God never says, you know what? They've said no for 10 years. I'm just going to stop. It's not worth it. That's not who God is. God relentlessly pursues you. And so, you know, we've just had baptism. And that's a powerful symbol of connection. Shannon and Joe connected with their faith. They shared their vows. George said, I believe in Jesus. They're connecting with Christ. But then it takes all of us. We're connecting with them. We're connecting with our faith. And one day, Molly will say yes to Jesus as Joe has just, or not Joe, as George has just done more recently. And so baptism is a really powerful symbol of connection. Mm -hmm. Connection, you know, right there in the beginning, God saw the, the value of connection for us. Here's what we read in the second chapter of Genesis. This is verse 18, New Living Translation. And then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And so God delivered Adam from his aloneness by providing a helpmate. 
But that was just the beginning. Adam and Eve were given children. And so we have sons and daughters, which then means brothers and sisters. You hear the connection here? Yeah. Now check this out. This comes from a a website, RamseySolutions.com. I don't think it's a a financial thing, but RamseySolutions.com. Here's a definition. Human connection is when two or more people choose. That's an important question. Choose. They're not forced. They choose to engage in, here's another important one, vulnerable interactions. Say vulnerable interactions. Five times fast. No. Um, Vulnerable interactions where each person, this is really important, is heard, is seen, is known, and is valued. So another word for connection would be relationship. And Ramsey's definition is it's two or more people. But then Ramsey takes this to another level when he adds vulnerable interactions. Mm. It's so hard to be vulnerable. You know, we get hurt when we're vulnerable. And we don't like that. And so we may not try it again and we start putting up walls. Being vulnerable means allowing enough of yourself to be shared that you put yourself at risk of maybe being hurt. It takes a while to get these relationships and, you know, get past the surfacey conversation and, you know, the, the niceties that we have each other, but becoming vulnerable with people that you trust is precious. Hmm. It's because of this vulnerability that we sometimes choose to not connect with one another. If you've ever been hurt by someone else, and who hasn't, it's easy to get kind of skittish, to even feel it's not worth it. But it is. It's absolutely worth it because we've been designed. God has formatted us. He's designed us to be in relationship with him and with one another. And Jesus actually shares this in uh, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, where he actually quotes a couple very important Old Testament scriptures from from, uh, 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 the book of Leviticus and... um, Another book in the Old Testament, I'm drawing a blank right now. Deuteronomy. I knew it was a D, I couldn't think of Deuteronomy. Say Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. See, you're better than I am. Okay, Deuteronomy. So here's here's the two. This is the first one from Deuteronomy. Love the Lord God with all of your, and all your, and all your. This is the first and the greatest command, because God always has to come first. And the second is like it. It's pretty, it's pretty close. It's a very close second. Love your neighbor as yourself. as yourself. Wow. You know, you, all of, you better love yourself, right? Because you're going to spend a lot of time with you, right? But you love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these commandments. He took all the, all the commandments and boiled them down these two. And you, know, you ever looked at closely at the Ten Commandments? The first four are this way. It's us and God. And the last six are this way. Us and other people. 
So that's all they boil down to is loving God with everything you've got and love your neighbor. As, that's all the command, That's all of them boil down to those two simple things. Love God, love others, get connected. And so before I was called into ministry, I was a nurse, still am, but retired from that. And um, so I, I'm interested in the science of things. There's real science behind connection that is good for us. Uh, Dr. Emma Sapala, she's from Stanford, she wrote this. Social connection improves physical health and mental and emotional well-being. We all think we know how to take good care of ourselves, eat your veggies, work out, and try to get enough sleep, but how many of us know that social connection is just as critical? Our landmark, one landmark study showed that lack of social connection is a greater detriment to health and obesity, smoking, and high blood pressure. Think about that. You know, isolation is not good for us. On the other hand, strong social connection leads to a 50% increased chance of longevity. You're going to live longer. Strengthens your immune system. Woo! Helps you, re yeah. Helps you recover from disease faster. I did some study on this when I was in school. The gift of laughter is actually healing. So strong social connection may even lengthen your life. Hmm. Now we understand why that COVID thing was so difficult, right? Because it took all that away. You can see Dr. Sapala's report that being connected with others is not just important, it's crucial for our physical, mental, emotional well-being. Amen? Yeah. God knew what he was doing when he created us, huh? Duh. That we shouldn't be alone. Unfortunately, her report leaves something very crucial out. She, she failed to mention spiritual well-being, you know? Physical, mental, emotional well-being, they're important as you can see. But, but spiritual well-being trumps all of that. And connection brings about spiritual well-being. And so Christ-like relationships within a community of faith, community of believers, allows us to love one another deeply, to walk in fellowship with one another, to hang out together, to, to celebrate together, to cry together. We can bear each other's burdens. We lift one another up. Hmm. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 tells us this. And let us consider how we may spur, spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, notice day is capitalized, that's the day of reckoning, that's the day Jesus is coming back, all the more as you see the day of reckoning approaching. So it's interesting how God has planned all this because our relationship with Jesus, our salvation, me saying I believe is not anything anybody else can do for me. I can't accept Jesus for you. You can't accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's a one-on-one -on -one thing. 
But it is important as a community of faith, we can spur one another on. We can create an environment so that people feel welcome and loved and maybe would take one more step in their faith journey to eventually, like George, say yes to faith. So that's our role as believers. I love this Hebrews message. Spur one another on toward love. Mm. And so we're not alone in this. Amen? We sometimes right here say, we're not Lone Rangers. Now, Lone Ranger, that was a movie back in 2013 that starred uh, uh, Army Hammer and Johnny Depp. Did anybody see that movie? It's kind of weird, wasn't it? Yeah. But anyway, but I remembered a Lone Ranger when I was a kid. I mean, it was on black and white. Anybody remember that, Lone Ranger? The Lone Ranger is kind of generally understood or appreciated. You want to hear something funny? I was thinking about this this week when we were writing this message. The Lone Ranger was not a Lone Ranger. He had a sidekick. And a Native American whose name was Tonto. So even the Lone Ranger didn't do things disconnected. He had a connection just like we're all called to do. Amen? Amen. So there's some places in the Bible where the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the second half of the Bible, the New Testament, he compares the body of Christ, that's what we are, the family of God, to the human body. 1 Corinthians 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, capital S, that's Holy Spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Hmm. So we saw earlier when we had the baptisms. You know, baptism acknowledges that we're part of God's family. We're in that family. And Paul continues then in Corinthians by sharing that just like in the human body, not all the parts are the same. They have different jobs to do, yet all are needed. The eye can't say to the hand, hey, I don't need you. And the head or the brain can't say to the foot, I don't need you. And in fact, with our bodies, that the parts with less dignity... Get what I'm talking about here? The less dignified parts get extra honor and care. Isn't that something? And the parts care for each other, and they work in harmony. If one suffers, all suffer. Anybody ever had a backache? Did you ever notice how, I mean, you go like that and it hurts. (laughs) Everything is connected up in there. And when all the body parts are, one is honored, all are honored as well. First Corinthians chapter 12 is such a great chapter about being connected. The apostle Paul, the writer of it, goes on to talk that we have gifts. We have spiritual gifts. They aren't talents, which, you know, I might have a talent to play the piano, but I have to work really hard at it. Mitchell has a spiritual gift of playing the, you know, he just sits and it goes, you know, but that's a Holy Spirit gift. And if you're a believer, you've all been given one or two 
or three. Now we can't say, I don't want that gift, I want this gift. That's not the way it works. God gives us what God wants to give us. So that means, Alan, that you're not going to get the gift of singing. Well, not yet. But in heaven, you'll be right. singing. You know, you, gifts change yeah. too. So it's yeah. always, I'm holding up, always it, holding out for that yeah. possibility. But God gives us those gifts. The Holy Spirit gives us this gift. If you would like to know more about this, we have a great course. It's coming up uh, at the end of the month, October 28th. It's on a Saturday morning. It's Zoom, so you can do it from home. And it's called Servant Profile Discovery, where you can discover how God's wired you. We hope that you'll register for that course. Mm -hmm. You know, this church, CCC, is filled with people with different gift styles and, and passions, and we've been given all the gifts that we need to do what God has given us to do. They're all here. And that's what makes CCC who we are. Uh, we compliment, and I don't mean, oh, that's a pretty shirt, dress, or whatever. That's not the compliment I'm talking about. We compliment, we work in sync with each other. Like we saw yesterday at the Fall Festival, all those different gifts working together to make a great event. I just uh, want to say 100%. Okay, so I had a list. I, I was, you know, there's 90-some people you got to organize. Saturday morning, I, had no, I knew who was coming, who was sick, who wasn't able to. 100% of the people who said they were coming came to serve God. Yeah. 100%. That. that is amazing. That's awesome. And see, here's the thing. Got to keep in mind, we have all the gifts here that we need, but are they all being utilized? Are they all even realized? Does everybody even realize their gifts? And that's why that class you mentioned is so crucial. It's so important because if we don't realize and utilize those gifts, we might be shortchanging CC, but that means we're shortchanging the Lord. So we got to be tuned into that. You know, there's a really powerful story in the Bible it talks about community, about being connected, uh, about what being the church of Jesus Christ looks like. It's in Acts chapter 2, and it's really one of the most exciting books in the Bible. The, the Holy Spirit visits on the day of Pentecost. That was a holiday in the Jewish, in the Jewish church. And the Holy Spirit comes, and, and, and the believers were in this house, and the Holy Spirit came in, and it's it sounded like a tornado was tearing through this place. I mean, it was just roaring. And then the Holy Spirit descended on the believers like, like um, tongues of fire. W wouldn't that have been wild? Can you imagine being in the midst of that? Uh, tongues of fire and settled on the people. And, and there were people there from all over the place because it was, uh, it was the Pentecost celebration. And they were exposed to come home, so to speak. So pe Jews from all the different nations around there came home. They spoke different languages. They couldn't communicate. With, but all of a sudden they could because they were hearing in their own language what was being spoken. Can you even begin to imagine? But that's what the Holy Spirit can do and does. And as a result, 3,000 people were saved that day. Say 3,000. That's a big honking crowd, isn't it? That's a BHC. Man, oh man, I can't even imagine that. So we want to share more of the story with you, finishing out Acts chapter 2. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miracle, 
miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. We see that here. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wow. It's incredible, incredible, incredible what was going on. That, that describes what we refer to as an Acts 2 church. Say Acts 2. Acts 2. Don't ever forget Acts 2. People worshiping together. People meeting homes to, in their homes to share meals. Joy and generosity just all over the place. Praising God and, and enjoying the goodwill of the people. In a word, they were doing life together. And Acts 2 Church is where people are really connected. They're connected. Where people care, share, and dare to allow themselves to be vulnerable with one another. You know, we live in a world, I, I hate, we're in a world, we're in a culture that's very me-centered. We're worried about me. I worry about my family. I worry about uh, ourselves, our desires, our needs, my family's needs. In this world, we're isolated from one another, and COVID sure didn't help. And it contradicts what God wants. It's contrary to God's nature. It it's contrary to what God desires for us. It's contrary to what God wants for the church to be. Because it's the opposite of what church is to be. It's countercultural to what the Bible says. Connection Church, we need each other. Amen. Amen. And we see examples here of being an Acts 2 church. Yeah. Right here, we, we hear of small groups who are caring for each other. You know, we've had times where we learned somebody was ill after their small group had already been to the hospital to visit or, you know, we're, we're on the, and that's how it should be. That, that, that's how it should be. People sacrificially giving their time, their talent, their treasure for, for the benefit, not just of themselves, but for the others. People going that extra mile. You know, that's what Jesus did for us. That's all Jesus was about. Giving, for, giving ultimately, his life for us. For us. Hanging on the cross, saying, forgive them. They know not what they do. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll see you in paradise, he said to the thief on the other cross. Yeah. You know, there was no resistance on his part. He started saying, Lord, if you can take this away, but not my will, your will be done. And he did that for us, for you, for me, for us. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. So Connection Church, the Holy Spirit didn't name us Connection just because it really, it's a really cool name. Thank goodness he showed up at Victoria's. I thank heavens. But he named us Connection Church because we are supposed to be connected as the body of Christ. We're not supposed to be alone. We're not supposed to be isolated from one another. 
And so God wants to connect with us, and that's, that's on us to accept that gift of relationship. But God also commands us to care and connect with one another. If this is new to you, if something's going on in here and saying, you know, I feel like I maybe am going to be a little vulnerable and try this. Jackie, you're, can you, can you, she's in this yellow sweater right there. Find her and she'll talk to you about whatever it is and then we'll talk, Jackie, okay? So if you're feeling like I want to get connected maybe in a group, talk to Jackie. If you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I think God's calling me to be a, a helper in youth ministry. I don't want to do it. Yes, oh, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient. Um, talk to Jackie, and we will get you connected. Because that's what God wants. That's what God wants. To be connected to him and to one another. That's the good news of the scripture, of the gospel. Let's live it, and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much that you never give up on us. You chase after us. You woo us. You don't get tired of waiting for us. Help us, Lord. Risk. Take one more step toward you whether it's for the first time or every single day, that's what we need to do to recommit ourselves to you as our Lord, as our Savior. Lord, it's also scary to put down those walls, the walls that have been created because we've been hurt. We've been shamed We've experienced rejection of one sort of another. And Lord, forgive us if we've been a part of that with other people. Help us take down our walls and risk to be with one another and give you everything we've got. I pray that everyone here knows that they are the son or the daughter, the most high God child of God. Those on the other side of the screen, Lord, bless them and keep them that they too feel your presence. We thank you for worship today. We thank you for all of the celebration. And we just honor and glorify your name. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's in your name that I pray all of this. Everybody agreed and said, Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.